Hello, and welcome to NARC, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Collaborators, home to NARC Troopers. I am coming to you today from beautiful, foresty um, Massachusetts. And today's topic is, are you a narcoholic? Narcissistic addiction is real and it's deadly. So see if this sounds familiar to you. It's a meeting and it starts like this. Hello, my name is Lucy and I am a narcoholic. I have been sober for three years and 10 months, but the craving is with me daily. Does that sound familiar? 12 step programs begin like this and there is a similar dynamic at play with the detachment from a person with malignant narcissistic psychopathy. What happens to their partners is the stuff of science fiction horror movies. Most likely there is no malicious intent from a narcopath. The narcissist simply must feed to survive and the, and the psychopath simply must achieve their goal. So you see, it's nothing personal. It's not about you. A predator has to do what they have to do, whatever that is, in order to survive and to remain king of the jungle. A narcoholic can be defined as a person who is addicted to relationships with narcissists. Yep, it's yet another kind of addiction. You know, that is their drug of choice. The dynamics of the disease, you know, they're the same as drug addiction or alcohol addiction or food addiction or porn addiction. The dopamine that flows through the brain when indulging in the drug of choice is very powerful and life-changing. This pathological attachment is actually a survival strategy which enables the victim to dissociate from pain. The narcissist disowns themselves while the victim disowns the terrible reality of the abuse. Through this narcissist projection and transference, they accept the abuser's perspective in ways that seem like brainwashing or cult mentality. So over time, the victim becomes enmeshed and engulfed by the abuser, ignoring their own healthy boundaries and basic needs. Their brains have been co-opted in a way so that they no longer have agency and they develop a kind of learned helplessness. The narcissist takes the, these traits that belong to their partner and their characteristics and they claim them for their own because they are empty and hollow and they have no identity of their own. In a way, it's kind of like identity theft. So the consequences after they're gone is nothing short of an existential crisis. The victim has become dependent on this person with NPD and finds it impossible to detach 
there is something called parentification that happens with both partners in these relationships where they play mother to one another. This means that the victim not only is losing their partner, they lose themselves through the course of the relationship and they lose their proxy surrogate mother, which is a relationship so critical to healthy development. It feels terrible. It's like it's happening all over again. The victim will suffer withdrawal after the narcissist departs, which is characterized by neurochemical imbalances in the brain and body, narrow, uh, just like a um, terrible obsession and emotional flooding, emotional dysregulation as they return to reality. It's hard to come back after being in a shared fantasy for an extended period of time. You know, it takes a team of healing sources and modalities. It takes a tribe of informed support network people to guide this victim back to safety and wellness. It may require somatic body work for trauma, meditation and grounding, energy work, and even prescribed prescription meds to be able to manage and stabilize this, the victim's inflamed and malfunctioning limbic system and restore any kind of parasympathetic um, calm state of peace and um, well-being that may have disrupted their nervous system. Withdrawal from this addiction can cause physiological illness as well. PTSD, panic disorder, extreme anxiety are all very common. Victims may develop physical symptoms like fibromyalgia, autoimmune disorders, insomnia, eating dis disorders, heart arrhythmias. I could go on and on. The risk of sounding dramatic, you know, death is even possible, either by broken heart syndrome. Yeah, that's really a thing. Uh, think I'm kidding? Look it up. It's, it's for real. Um, well, let me tell you, there's a name for it. It's, I don't know if I can say it. It's Takotsubo, Takotsubo cardiomyopathy. Takotsubo cardiomyopathy. It's a temporary heart condition that develops in response to an intense emotional or physical experience. It's also known as stress cardiomyopathy or broken heart syndrome. Yeah. You know, in this condition, the heart's main pumping chamber changes shape, affecting the heart's ability to pump blood effectively. I do not make this stuff up. It's that's for real. Look it up. Look it up. The victim essentially experiences brain damage. Mm -hmm. Brain damage caused by a narcopath. At the hands of a narcissistic abuser, some crucial brain regions of, of the victim's brain, that's you, you know, the, your brain is affected, including damage to the hippocampus and the amygdala. It changes the terrain of the brain itself and all of its neural pathways. So I've been living near Stanford University, actually just a few blocks away, 
um, for a while here. And uh, let me tell you, great place. They do amazing research and just, you know, state-of-the-art, world-renowned studies. And their researchers uh, studied patients with the highest baseline of cortisol, which is a stress hormone. And they found that a greater number of PTSD symptoms had a direct relation to the greatest decreases in hippocampal uh, volume over time. So what the Stanford researchers discovered is that long periods of this kind of, um, of uh, high cortisol levels, which is what happens in your body when you're going through this withdrawal from the narcissist, it can cause your hippocampus to shrink so that you actually have changes in the brain, in the brain, uh, not just chemistry, which we knew that about all the chemicals flowing through it, but in the actual physiology, the, the appearance, the, the volume of mass in your brain changes. It's crazy, right? In other words, the longer you stay with this emotionally abusive partner, the more deterioration you can expect of your hippocampus. It can be easily understood how this neurological process may enhance feelings of, well, confusion, cognitive dissonance, and abuse amnesia, which is something that victims of narcissistic and psychopathic abuse often have, where they forget whole chunks of things that happen just because it's too horrible. They, um, their body's doing that as a defense to protect them from experiencing something too horrible to handle. So according to these studies, long-term abuse can change a victim's brain, resulting in cognitive decline and memory loss. Cognitive decline and memory loss. In turn, the changes in the brain can increase the risk for chronic stress, PTSD, and self-sabotage, including suicide. Um, so in essence, the longer you stay with these emotionally abusive people, that's ambient abuse, covert narcissist abuse, um, the more deterioration that you can expect, um, you know, in, in your hippocampus. It can be easily understood how this neurological process may enhance terrible um, difficulties that make it hard um, to get over with, you know, to recover from. Most people in recovery from narcissistic psychopathic abuse report that they have completely lost themselves. Narcissistic abuse is a form of brainwashing which can destroy a person's sense of self. And um, what causes a person to lose this core part of who they are? How do you lose yourself? Well, many victims were vulnerable to this type of abuse because of their own early trauma and childhood wounds, and they assumed the codependent roles of fixer and healer and pleaser to recreate another opportunity to set things straight with their own lack of developmental achievements growing up. They, they want to set things straight, make things right with the original trauma. Um, much like the narcissist, 
they were not allowed to individuate because of impaired, abusive, or absent caregivers. Thus, the narcissist um, or, or the codependent, they both developed this as a coping mechanism and survival technique in response to these unhealthy influences. And as a result, they became maladaptive. Um, well, these, the maladaptive behaviors stuck and that created permanent maladaptive tendencies that they, patterns that they um, continued, perpetuated. So here's the takeaway in a, in a nutshell. So here we go. Number one, in summary, narcopaths cause tremendous harm to their victims, sense of identity, physical health, physical well-being, and their brains. People who are most vulnerable to narcopaths have similar trauma in their history, which compels them to reconstruct an opportunity to relive their childhood using the narcopath um, to get a better outcome. And you see that with all cluster Bs. Uh, narcissists do this, borderlines do it, histrionics, um, and then even the victims with their codependency, attachment disorders, abandonment issues, all of that, they do it as well. Uh, narcopath addiction is real and it ruins lives of thousands of people every day. There are many scientific reasons why this addiction happens in these toxic relationships. And that's one of the main takeaways. You have peptide addiction, which is, you know, and actually, here's another thing. It doesn't just affect your brain. It affects you on a cellular level, cellular. It's something that you genetically pass on to future generations. You've heard of the term generational trauma. You know, it's not just about you. This, this whole dynamic affects everyone around you, especially children. Um, it can take many months, years, or even decades to recover from this kind of narcopathic abuse. And, you know, some people don't make it. It takes a multimodal treatment approach and a lot of patience and faith. So what is the best advice? Steer clear of these disordered, brain damaged, mentally and emotionally deficient people. They can kill you without ever lifting a finger. And this was a short one today, guys, because I'm visiting um, people in Massachusetts and I got to get back to it. So um, just know that what you're dealing with is dangerous. It's going to change you the longer you stay, even if they never act out in physically violent ways. The ambient abuse, the covert narcissist is really in many ways more dangerous than any other kind of person. And if they have psychopathic tendencies, you know, you're in tremendous danger of having um, something horrible happen to you. So um, keep that in mind. Make a, make a declaration to yourself in the universe that you are not going to live like this under the uh, yoke of um, this kind of abuse and that you're going to get free and get well and then pass that on to your family and friends and 
children and all the people around you who depend on you to be that person to keep them safe too right everybody wants safety and if you're dangerous and you're in something dangerous you know people uh, can't participate in that because a lot of times they recognize what you can't see so take a little time with that sit and think about what it's doing to you not just emotionally and psychologically but physically and energetically and to your identity and, and just in every single way imaginable physiologically you can just picture your brain shrinking um, every time they walk in the room so <clears throat> okay I'm gonna get back at it here and it was nice to pop in and visit with y'all today I'll be back on regular schedule soon with a longer podcast telling you really important stuff you need to know uh, to help yourself and help others okay much love bye